It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reason. Welcome to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today, we have a show that's all about the three signs that emotional baggage is holding you back. The three signs that emotional baggage is holding you back. So the very first question, emotional baggage, what is it? Emotional baggage is, it's that stored up emotional responses. It's the stuff, this is the equivalent to getting a new job or entering a new relationship and you've got a backpack full of rocks. I mean, this is heavy, heavy backpack. And you sit down at your new place of employment or in your new relationship and you say, where should I put my backpack? Because everybody knows it's there, but maybe you don't realize how intrusive it is. But this backpack is super heavy. I mean, like loads and loads of rocks in it. We're talking like 30 pounds, kind of like my kids' backpacks. They carry all these Chromebooks and things in them. They put those things on the ground and you know they have arrived because these backpacks are heavy. They are, they, they create presence. And so you take your backpack, you sling it off your shoulder and you say, where do you want me to put my backpack? And that is you bringing every experience that you've ever had into the conversation, into the workplace, into the romantic relationship, whatever that is for you, it's bringing it in. So anytime that you've had a relationship in the past, whether it's professional or personal, that has not gone the way that you want, unless you've cleared that, you're bringing it with you, which means that's not going to work for you. And it's why you see people that repeat the exact same challenges. Like, let's just look at the relationships. When you see somebody that had a challenging relationship, there are very, very high chances that they're going to have that same challenge in a future relationship. Same thing in the workplace. When I look to hire people, I look at what happened in their past. Their past does not predict their future, but unless they've cleaned it up, unless they have honored this emotional baggage exists and let it go, it's going to come up again it's going to come up again. And so it's our job to open up that backpack, take out the rocks, look at them, let them go because we don't need them and get rid of the backpack. And so that's what we're doing today. We're saying three signs and emotional baggage is holding you back. Now I want to give you an example of what this looks like. So I live in the United States and it was Thanksgiving this past weekend. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday was Thanksgiving. Friday was Black Friday, day after, and the weekend. Well, Wednesday rolled around. And if you guys listened to last week's show, I talked about one of the decision points that we got to make was that my middle son, he had a cold. And so the question was, do we get him tested for COVID? So we made a decision on that. And the week went on. And Tuesday night, I sent my youngest son. I drove two and a half hours to meet my sister. So I have two sisters my younger sister, my, my youngest son called her up on Sunday night last, so a week ago, he says, I'm off of school on Wednesday. Will can I meet you? And I will decorate your house for Christmas. Now he's nine and Christmas is his favorite holiday. And he really wanted to decorate her house. It's become a thing where he goes and decorates her house. So he was really excited. She says, of course. So Tuesday night, I pick him up from school, all three of the boys actually, but I pick him up from school. I drive two and a half hours and we meet at this, the world's largest truck stop. It's in Walcott, Iowa, called the world's largest truck stop. We go and we meet there for dinner. 
We have a great time. And we, I get back in my car to head home and I see a text from my husband and it says, not feeling well, going to bed. It's like seven o'clock, not even that, like maybe six o'clock at this point. So not feeling well. Well, that's weird. So I drive home. By the time I get home, he has a fever. He's uh, feeling chills, but really, really not feeling well. So the next morning I say, oh, I think he has COVID. So we got these, we all got tested and it turns out my husband and my middle son have COVID. So we make the decision that the rest of us are negative and we split houses. So my husband gets the house with my middle son. And then the rest of us went to my dad's house where we were negative for COVID at that point. And so what we decided was that that's how we would go through the next few days. Well, so that all happened. Okay. That is, that is the present moment living in the present moment. And what I noticed on Thanksgiving was that I had these feelings of frustration, of tired, of thinking that this was going to last forever, like for at least through the holiday season. And it didn't make sense to me because the reality is he had COVID and it was really only going to be you know, that, that 10 day period, maybe a little bit longer, but really he's, he's healthy. And it, there was no indications that it would be any longer than that. And if you listened to my show last week, and I talked about ways to stay present, the flip side of that is being an anxiety. And I noticed this anxiety coming up and I, I got to see that that was a rock that was in my backpack. And I have worked really hard over the years to dig through my backpack and take those rocks out. So I noticed that there's a rock in there. It's heavy. Where do you want me to put my backpack? I'm here. But that backpack, those rocks, they weren't serving me. So I looked at this rock and I said, where is this anxiety coming from? What is this about? And I realized that in 2018, my husband, Josh, his, he had cancer. We found out in October and he started his chemo treatments the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. He had his first chemo treatment. So the day that we found out that Josh was, was positive three years before that, he had his first chemo treatment. And when he had his first chemo treatment, he was out pretty much all of Thanksgiving. And he was here, it was at our house, but he was up in the bedroom. He was away from people. And what I knew to be true, what, what happened, what my experience was for the next month between Thanksgiving and Christmas, he was very sick. Uh, I, I couldn't depend on him because, because he was sick. I, I was, I was in a caregiver role and supporting him. And so I was left to support the kids and get them through everything that was required of that point with, with three children and Noah's birthday. My middle son is during that time is December 16th. So it's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I remember on his birthday, he also had his first uh, reconciliation, which we're Catholic. And in the, that, uh, in, in that faith, we go to church. And so there's some ceremonial things that go on. And so that happened on that day. Well, on that particular day, Andrew, my youngest son was also sick. And so we just had all of these challenges during that month. It was really an exhausting time period for me. And then you throw in the holidays and work, all these other factors. I came out of that period just exhausted. And so you fast forward three years and here we are, my husband is at home sick and I've got two of the kids and my mind went back to that place of, oh, here we go again. 
okay, brace down. You're going to have another month of crazy where you're going to be doing everything. And I, all of a sudden I did not take into account my dad's there to help me. My in-laws are there to help me. My friends are there to help me. My community is here to support me. Not all the support around me, but when you're in that moment of anxiety, of going back into a moment in time of where you felt, you don't see any of that. All you see is the challenge that's right in front of you and the feeling that's coming up. Now, I just read on this website, it was beautiful. This is not my quote, but it's a beautiful quote that says, the part of your brain that manages habits and emotions is a hoarder. (laughs) Such a beautiful quote. The part of your brain that manages habits and emotions is a hoarder. So when I read that, what I heard, my experience of that was that, that when we go back into that space, our brain remembers exactly that point that we felt. And it doesn't matter that that was three years ago, because in that moment, just a few days ago, my mind went back there and it was very real for me. Brace yourself, Kathleen. That's what's coming up for me. And so think about for you, have you ever been in a situation where you are living in one moment, being present, but your mind is taking you back into another space and you're pulling up these old feelings that aren't serving you now? I got to remind myself that that is old stuff, that that is not relevant now, that what we know now based on the facts of today is that this is a short-term challenge. Now, what we know about COVID, could it be long-term? Sure, it could be. But in this moment, that's not what we're dealing with. And so really, when we talk about emotional intelligence and, and really understanding the, the emotions, it's, it's recognizing first what's going on. It's being willing to open up the backpack. Because you guys, most people won't even be willing to open up the backpack. So what I'm saying is the very first step is opening up the backpack. And then once you've opened it up, it's examining the rocks and saying, what is this that's coming up? So for me, it was saying, why am I having these feelings that are really heavy, that are really making me feel like I'm tired and there's that it's all on me? Because three years ago, it was all on me. That's the situation I put myself in. I got to figure out how to move through this period of time. But we're not there anymore. So you open up this backpack, you're willing to look at these rocks and say, what really is coming up? And then once you see them, you're willing to go put them back in the garden where they go. Do not carry those rocks with you. They're heavy. You don't want back problems. That's what those will lead to. I've seen these kids. I was was at the the kid's school the other day and this one kid had a rolling backpack. I thought, well, that's beautiful. He doesn't have to carry his baggage the same way that we all do. But the whole analogy of the backpack full of rocks is showing us that we really bring a lot of baggage with us to work, at home, with our kids, at our kids' activities, when we're driving. How many of you, so think about this, in the past week, have you seen or been a part of a situation, perhaps you're the one leading it, where something when you're driving has happened And it's triggered a reaction by somebody else, probably the middle finger, probably anger. Maybe it is cutting somebody off in traffic. Any of those, you think about that, that has nothing to do. What? That has nothing to do with you. If somebody does that to you, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their reaction. If you're doing it to somebody else, it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you. It has everything to do with what you're experiencing. Frustration. 
why does everybody always cut me off? Well, the reality is there are thousands of drivers that we catch that, that, we, that we are a part of each day. So when you're driving, if one driver cuts you off, we are ignoring the thousands that didn't. And that's what happens with emotional baggage. We only see what we want to see. In the case that I'm describing with COVID on Thanksgiving, I only saw how much Kathleen was going to have to do because Josh is out. But the reality is Josh doesn't have to be out. Josh could be fine the rest of this year, the rest of the the month of December. He could be fine. But in my mind, I went back to a place where he wasn't. And that was the place I was operating from. And I'm here to tell you it doesn't work for me and it won't work for you. So what we get to do is be very clear about being present in the moment, what's actually happening now. So piggyback last week to this week. We talked about being present in the moment last week. Now we're talking about the things that keep us from being present. So if you're at work and your coworker comes up to you, and that could look very different right now, it could be on a Zoom, it could be on an email, it could be in an office, we don't know. Everybody's working differently in this moment. But think about that. Somebody comes to you with news that you don't like. How are you responding? Are you neutral? Are you frustrated? Are you happy? The way that people interact creates signals in your mind that tells you how you're going to react with somebody going forward. So let me give you an example of this. If you have the news to deliver, you delivered news in the past to a person that you say, when this person gets news that they perceive to be bad, they erupt, they yell. And if that's the case, if that's the story you've created, then are you going to share the bad news with them? I mean, probably not. If somebody, every time you, they perceive bad news, they yell. I wouldn't want to share news with them. I would probably withhold information from them. And then that person wonders why people don't share information with them. Like This is real life. This happens a lot. And what we're learning is that based on the stories that we've created because of the baggage that people carry, we change our patterns, our habits, our reactions to them. That is the setup of emotional baggage. It's why it happens. It's showing that it is truly happening. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to share with you some of the signs that you can look for in yourself and in others to see if emotional baggage is holding you back. So you are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show. You're on Inspired Choices Network. Enjoy this quick break. I'll talk to you in a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. 
professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Today, we're talking all about the three signs emotional baggage is holding you back. So sign number one, sign number one is that you have commitment issues. Now, I don't mean that you have challenges in a relationship. In fact, if, if that is something that you have, like, yes, that, that gets to be a part of this too. But this comes up everywhere. So how you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. That is a law of physics. How you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere, which means that the patterns that you develop aren't specific to work or home. How you show up professionally is how you show up personally. If you cheat on your spouse, you're going to cheat at work. You're going to, that means you, instead of facing the challenges, you avoid them and you create what you want. So there's a pattern there that we're developing. Okay. So that was just a big one that we, that we go off of, but let's look at something else. How you load the dishwasher at home. I did an entire facilitated experience, like speaking. I did this for two hours on the premise of how you load your dishwasher. It was, it was so much fun. People were interacting because the reality is if you have a dishwasher and you live with someone else, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's the person that loads it the right way and the person that loads it the wrong way. But the ironic thing is the right way at one house is the wrong way in another house. There really is no right or wrong way to load a dishwasher. And I'm giving this facilitated session, no joke, I can't make this stuff up, it's beautiful material. So I'm giving this, this session, I'm speaking at this event, and this guy in the back of the room, he raises his hand, he was with the AV crew, okay? So he was not a part of the audience, he was actually recording this session. He raises his hand and he says, I used to put load, or, uh, oh, he was a dishwasher repairman. So he would, he would be the one that would come to your house to fix a dishwasher. And he says, so I know the appropriate way to load a dishwasher based on manufacturing standards. And so, oh, okay, this could be good. This guy, he is, an, he is a self-proclaimed expert in this area. So I said, okay, great. Tell me, how do you load a dishwasher? And he says, well, you do every other dish. So front facing, back facing. So for example, if you have a bowl, you have the open, the, the big open part going to the left. And then you would put the next one with the open part going to the right. Then the next one with the open part going to the left, leaving a space in between each one, which would basically mean you could load a total of four balls in your dishwasher at a time. Now I have a family of five. So we've got our bottom shelf and our top shelf. So maybe if we're lucky, we would get eight bowls in there and then a few cups. And the cups, he said, go down, but leaving space in between for appropriate water cycling. So maybe you could put six cups and eight bowls in there. And so I see the room, as soon as he says this, the room, people in the audience, they start to snicker. And I could tell they didn't buy his credibility. They were whatever, that may be how you think it's done, but that is not how it works. 
And so right away, as soon as he was done talking, it was like attack mode. It was beautifully played out for this emotional intelligence workshop. And so this lady, she raises her hand and she goes, I hear that you think that that is how you load a dishwasher, but I'm here to tell you that is not how you load a dishwasher. I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. Like, I should have paid them to be a part of this room. And so this lady, she stands up and she says, I would never load a dishwasher that way. And I've been loading dishwashers for 30 years. <laughs> the guy's like, whatever, man, whatever. And so she says, this is how you load a dishwasher. And then somebody else says, this is how you load a dishwasher. You're wrong. And so it was these very uh, strong viewpoints going on about how you load the dishwasher. But then I noticed the other half of the room was silent. They weren't saying anything. So I asked the people that were really loud. I said, if you've talked so far, you get to be quiet. You're not allowed to say anything. And then the other people started talking. The quiet people started talking. And they said, I have a very distinct view on how to load a dishwasher. It's just that it never gets said. So I'm okay with dirty dishes. Made me laugh, but think about that. What's happening here? Let's just go a step deeper because when we're talking about emotional baggage, because let's bring this all back together. When we're talking about that, there's how we see it, but then there's everything underneath. You can look at that backpack and it may not look heavy, but the reality is when you pick it up, it's super heavy. And that's what we see here. So we had a whole room of really loud voices, but then there were the people that didn't get a chance to say what they wanted. That is how they show up every single day of their lives. The people that are really loud are ruining their chances to speak. They are not interrupting them. They are letting them run all over them. And so these, these quiet people, they are silently suffering because they are, they are canceled out by people with, with louder personalities. When it comes to something as simple as loading the dishwasher, their opinion is not heard. So think about that. If you have a spouse at home who's quieter, or perhaps you're the quiet one, or you have a partner or kid, if you live with anyone else, think about how you load the dishwasher. Do you load it how you believe that is the way to do it? Or do you load it that way that you do it because somebody else asked you to? In my house, I surrender when it comes to the dishwasher. I really want to put the forks and the, the knives and the spoons. I want to put them down. In the, we have a silverware tray. I want to put them face down. But my husband and my kids, they want them face up. I said, this is not something that's worth arguing to me. I'll surrender. And guess what? The silverware goes face up, but sometimes, sometimes I put it face down. Sometimes just to, just to toy with them. So think about that. Now, if you're the silent one, how do you show up at work? Are you the silent one there? Does somebody trump your ideas there? So really, really be clear about that. How you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. When we understand that concept, when you get that, the, how you show up at home or at work, you don't change how you show up. You are who you are. And if, you've, if, if you would say, but Kathleen, because there's always, this is always this case, but Kathleen, at work, I exert my voice. At home, I'm quiet then I get to ask you, where is it that you're exhausted? Because in one of those areas, you're flexing out of your natural style and you get to think about 
what it is. So how you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. That's the premise of today's conversation. It's the premise of life. It's the premise of, of all things. How you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. So when it comes to our emotional baggage sign, number one, commitment, it means that if you don't show up committed at work, you're not going to show up committed at home. If you show up committed at work, you're going to show up committed at home. And this comes back to, are you your work? Which means when you say, hey, I'll pick the kids up at school at three o'clock. Are you there at three o'clock? Are you there at 3.05? Are you there at 3.30? Or did you just not show up? Did you ask someone else to pick up the kids? However you handle that situation is how you're going to handle other situations. At work, when a project is due, are you the one that says it's due on Tuesday? Or are you the one that says it's due on Tuesday at five o'clock? Or are you the one that says it's due on Tuesday at five o'clock via email? So how much detail do you put in to your commitments? Because if you're more detail-oriented, that's going to show up in your commitments. And then what happens if you can't hit that commitment? Do you renegotiate it? So saying, hey, I know it's Tuesday at 4.30, and I said I was going to have this due by 5 o'clock, but it's 4.30, and I'm seeing that I get to renegotiate. It's actually going to be 6 o'clock. Are you telling people ahead of time and setting them up for success? Or at 5.01, are you saying, oops, didn't hit the deadline? Or are you just not communicating it and you just blow past it? How you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. So your commitments are based on your emotional baggage. So take that rock out. If you're one of those that says, oh, I realize at five o'clock that it's not due. And so I just, I just say, well, maybe they won't notice. They're gone for the weekend or whatever it is. They won't notice. And so I'll just submit it when I submit it. If that's your challenge, your rock that you're pulling out of your bag has commitment written all over it. So commitment. Now, the reality is that all of the emotional baggage, everything that we put in that bag has been an accumulation of the emotions that have come up over the course of our lives. So remember when I said the part of the brain that manages habits and emotions is like a hoarder? That is your backpack. It's a hoarder. We've stuffed all those rocks in it. Because the I'm going to jump in here to the step and sign number two that you have an emotional baggage is that we don't feel our feelings. So sign number two, that you do not feel your feelings, which means you hardly ever cry or you cry all the time one or the other. So we're stuffing our emotions, which means when we want to feel something, something uncomfortable, something we don't like, a feeling that isn't nice, we shove it down further. Okay. So what happens at 5.01 when that commitment that we had, we aren't going to be able to honor it. We don't want to feel like a failure. So we just shove it down. We work harder to get it done, but we don't actually address why we didn't set ourselves up for success. What's really in the way? Maybe it's, we don't want to make somebody mad. So maybe the rock that we're pulling out of the bag is people pleaser. So maybe something happened when we were younger that resulted in us really caring about what people think. And if that's the case, 
people pleaser is written on our rock. And it's showing up right now when we don't want to confront somebody with what we perceive would be bad news, which brings in sign number three, which is projection. We are projecting all over people. It means that I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to potentially make you mad. And I believe that if I deliver this news that I perceive as bad, which is me projecting, I'm perceiving that it's bad. I don't want to share it with you because I'm afraid of what you, how you might react. Instead of treating your reaction as neutral, as something that's like, that's about you, not about me. I just withhold. So that is projection. So sign number three, that you have emotional baggage is that you project. So you are sharing these challenges. So whatever the, your past says about you, you are projecting that onto other people. And it comes across in story. So I had a conversation with one of my sons the other day when he was talking about, he uses the words always a lot, always, all of them. These big generalities to describe, they're always jerks to us. They're always mean. But in the words always, you're really, you're, we're seeing, just like in the Thanksgiving story, we're seeing what we want to in that moment. We're pulling, we're pulling a piece from the past, bringing it forward as if it's real and projecting it onto everyone in front of us. Well, that happened. So that may, must be what's going to happen going forward. That person was mean. So all these people are mean, which is simply not true because when we're being present in the moment, cue last week's episode, what happened in the past is irrelevant. New moment, new experience, new story. Okay. So if you've got commitment issues and you find yourself struggling with when you hold dates, when you have commitments that you're not honoring them, get the rock out commitment issue. And you get to really figure out what's in the way. What is it that's stopping you from having those commitments? Because there's something in your past that you are moving forward. Number two, you don't feel your feelings, which means when something uncomfortable happens, you shove it down. You don't want to feel uncomfortable. And number three, projection. Projection, meaning that you are taking an experience that happened in the past and making it relevant to today based on the people in front of you when it's not actually true. See how our minds can be so tricky? Our minds can be beautiful things, but they can also be just a big hoarder fest. So we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we have more. You are listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Enjoy this quick break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, 
carrying us through the day and taking us to bed with you. We're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And we've been talking about the three signs that emotional baggage is holding you back. And just, just in this last break, right before the last break, we talked about how you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere, which means that you are consistent in showing up exactly how you are in every moment, in every single moment. There's no hiding from it. And so somebody that understands emotional intelligence can tell when you are attempting to hide. It's pretty easy because that's when your energy levels fluctuate. Whenever you're attempting to hide from something, your energy level is sucked. It's like a vampire taking it away, which means that you want to be neutral all the time. You want to play to your strengths. So there's no good or bad in this, in this space. It's really just about understanding who you are, understanding the emotions that are coming up, really digging in, opening the backpack, looking at them and being willing to move through it. Now I get a lot of questions on, but how do you move through it, Kathleen? Like how, okay, I get it. I've opened up my backpack. I see that these stones are there. I see that they have labels on it, but what do I do with them? And so here's a few things that you can do with it. One, remember the sign number two is that you don't feel your feelings. So the opposite of that is how we can support you in moving through a lot of these rocks, getting them back to the garden where they go is feeling your feelings. So the next time that something comes up that's uncomfortable for you, it's really allowing yourself to feel what's coming up. So in the case that I was sharing with you about COVID and Thanksgiving, me, it was about pausing and saying, wow, this is coming up for me. What really is this about? Is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it frustration? Is it confusion? Is it victim? Victim being there's somebody else is doing something to me versus the opposite of victim is responsibility, meaning that I am the source for what I create. So victim versus responsibility. So anytime I'm in a state of like overwhelm, I actually put a survey out the other day that was asking uh, what some of the biggest challenges are. And overwhelm came up as one of the biggest challenges. Well, overwhelm is actually a space where we aren't committed to our commitments, which means that we've either overcommitted or we've said yes to things that we don't really want to say yes to, or we, we aren't willing to renegotiate. We're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves when really we get to renegotiate to set ourselves up for success and to set those around us up for success. So when we know that, when we know what the challenges around us are, when we know what's coming up for us, then we can work with it. But this is an inside job, which means that nobody can do this for us. There's no amount of money that you can pay for somebody else to dig into your inner feelings. You could hire a therapist that would support you in digging it out, but you still have to do the work. It's an inside job. And for a lot of people, that's a no-go. But not for you, not for you, my friend. So if you're willing to do the inside work, which means you are opening up those rocks, you're getting down, you're saying, people pleaser, huh? Well, where have I, how, where has that shown up for me? Where have I people pleased? Which means people pleasing is about, 
I show up in the way that I think is going to make people happy. I don't want people to not be happy because when people aren't happy, something happens to me. I'm uncomfortable. I'm whatever that is for you. So you don't want to be uncomfortable. So you would rather please people around you. Now, what I often see is that when people have people-pleasing tendencies, it's because when they grew up, they had some kind of turmoil. So think about parents that are always frustrated or a sibling that just throws, uh, is very fiery. So at the, what, what would appear to be at the slightest change, they get really mad. So something happens, two siblings fight and the parent says, ah, you're always fighting and they're yelling. Those children will learn that if I'm not perfect, if I'm not very quiet, mom yells. So they, they learn people pleasing. So in order to make mom happy and not yell, I get to be quiet. So then we wonder why when they're adults, they're quiet because they learn that, oh, that when I'm quiet, that's what makes people happy. So I'll be quiet. And then they're robbing the world of their voice. Okay, so there's all these things, all these reasons why people-pleasing gets developed. But it's a pattern. And here's the scary thing, is that all of our patterns really develop by the time we're eight. Now, if we've had, excuse me, trauma-induced situations, like like cancer, okay? So I said there were some patterns for me with cancer. That would be a trauma-inducing situation. If you've had trauma-inducing situations, then they absolutely can occur. Rape, uh, whatever, very big trauma-inducing situations, then you can absolutely develop new patterns, new behavior patterns after the age of eight. But the majority of your emotional baggage is, is created by the time you're eight. So when you're eight, you are carrying your backpack around. Here's the scary thing. My kids are nine, 10, and 13 as of this moment, nine, 10, and 13, which means I've screwed them up as much as I can screw them up. That when they're in therapy years from now, it's not an if, it's a win. I'll pay for it. <laughs> I say that, you guys. Uh, when they're in therapy someday from now, therapy is not a bad thing. Don't hear that as a bad thing. Like, it's a really great thing. I have a friend who says everyone should be in therapy. Not because it's something that's a, it's not a, not a bad thing. It's a really great thing to help support you moving through. We all have emotional baggage because that is the beauty of being human. We're always carrying a backpack around. The goal is that the backpack doesn't have to be as heavy. Get those rocks out of there. So when we notice that there's more rocks, it's our job to pull them out. So now my kids are nine, 10, and 13, which means that I have cemented their emotional patterns. They have cemented their emotional patterns. And so I'm really keen to these because I realize that I can't change them. They are, they have been developed, but what I can do is provide them with some tools that'll support them in processing their emotions so that they can open up the bag, they can look at it and they can set it aside. The way emotions work is that we have triggers based on those triggers that when I was describing the kid that that learns that when mom is mad, I be quiet. If I'm quiet, mom doesn't yell. The trigger is something happens. The brother, let's say, I'll just use my kids, for example. So if my two children are fighting and they hear the garage door open, I'm now home. They might all of a sudden shift to not fighting 
because they don't want me to come in and be frustrated about them fighting. Now I could be the mom that comes in and I'm like, Hey, I see that you guys are fighting and take that from a very neutral perspective. But if I'm not that mom, if I'm the mom that's yelling, when I walk in the door, my kids learn very quickly, do not fight, be quiet. When mom walks in, if that's the case, then they are quickly learning the pattern of people pleasing. What do I have to do to get mom to act the way that I want her to? So now they're going to look at all the situations around them and say, how do I get dad to act the way that I want him to? Huh? Okay. So if I want him to be happy, he's happiest when the house is clean. So I'm going to keep the house as clean as possible. That makes dad happy. So now you can see how we start to live for other people, not for ourselves. It's really easy to get into that pattern. We start to live for other people, not for ourselves. This is resonating. What are you hearing? Think about that. How many times have you made a choice? Have you said yes or no because of what somebody else might think? not because it's what you want. Now tie that back into the overwhelm, which was the number one thing that I heard when people said, what I said, what kind of emotional intelligence do you want to learn? Is that whole overwhelm is a big challenge. And the crux of it is that we've made commitments based on what other people might want, think, or feel, not based on what we want, think, or feel. Now, why would we do that? Because we're protecting ourselves. We're protecting ourselves from feeling other people's anger, emotions. But here's the piece that I want you to hear loud and clear. Somebody else's emotions and emotional response is none of our business. It is not your business. It is not up to you to control someone else's emotional response. That doesn't mean you go and intentionally trigger other people, but it absolutely means that the person that you are responsible for is your own emotions. You are the only one that can control your emotions. And as soon as you attempt to control somebody else's emotions, meaning I'm not going to tell them fully this information because I'm afraid of how they might react, it doesn't work. You're withholding information and you're projecting on the other person. <coughs> Excuse me. So what you get to create is understanding what's in your bag, what those rocks are for you. There are emotional intelligence training centers all over the world. I play with the lie, play one out without, I play with one out in California, out in Boston and one in the United Kingdom. So they are all over the world. There's, there's tons more out there, but those are the three that I play with. Work on with somebody like me who understands emotional intelligence, work with a therapist. There are all kinds of different tools. Now I get a lot of questions of what's the difference between a therapist and a coach like myself. And the difference is the therapist is going to be really good about digging through that bag with you and saying, oh, there's one down there. Get that out. What's that one? Let's read it. Where a coach and somebody like me is going to say, that's in there. I want you to pull it out. I want you to tell me what it says. I want to, I'm going to give you the tools to be able to identify where that's coming from. But what I care about 
is that you understand that that tool is in your way, that tool you could use, that that rock is in your way, and that we're moving forward. We're focused on how we move forward, knowing that that rock isn't in the garden yet. Our goal is to get into the garden. So the therapist is going to spend a, a really a lot of their time digging through that backpack with you. A coach like myself is going to say that backpack is there. Look at that backpack, dig through those rocks, know that there, there's going to be a lot there and let's move forward. Let's see that there's something that's going to be in our way and let's move forward. So there are resources out there to support you with digging through that backpack. Then we're going to go on a quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen recent show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on inspired choices network. And when you get back, we're going to wrap up this whole show. Enjoy this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen recent show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the show. So we have been talking about the three signs that emotional baggage is holding you back. Now, remember, sign number one is commitment issues, which means that when you say that you're going to do something, do you do it? Do you renegotiate if you can't? Do you just blow past it? So really examine where you are committed. It doesn't matter whether you look at this from the lens of at home or at work. It, it, does, it doesn't matter because how you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. Now, step sign number two is that you don't feel your feelings. So you shove it down. Maybe you're always weeping, but you don't know why. Or maybe you're not crying. I watched a show the other day and this lady was saying, I haven't cried in 10 years. I, myself, I, Kathleen Reeson, would prescribe myself. If you would have asked me five years ago, I would have said, I am a self-proclaimed rock. Not a hardened, but just, I didn't, I didn't have emotions. I was pretty neutral, but it wasn't because they weren't there. It was because I wasn't letting myself feel them. I didn't want to feel them. I didn't want to be uncomfortable. So I shoved them down. And so when other people had emotions, they would, they would come at me, but I would just push them away. I didn't feel it. So I wasn't in empathy with other people. I wasn't empathizing with them. And sign number three is projection, which means what you think, feel, and believe about a situation, you are projecting onto somebody else. Now, none of these, these three signs, these aren't healthy for you. And so sustaining these over time is not possible. It may be for a while or, or even for like 30, 40 years, but they will catch up to you and they will manifest themselves in physical symptoms. For me, at first it was shingles. I had them twice. They were not fun. Then I still didn't really slow down. I didn't really address this. And then it manifests themselves in high blood pressure. And I got sick. I had to do something about it. Because if I didn't, the alternative was not something that I was willing to. It was a heart attack or a stroke. I wasn't willing to pay that price to not dig in. So I spent a lot of time understanding what was in my backpack, pulling out those rocks, looking at them, saying, 
what is going on here? What is this word? What is this? And I know that one of my rocks is uber independence. Now that's just a protection mechanism. Whatever is in your bag, there's nothing bad in your bag. It's tools that so far that you've developed in life to get you where you are. But now, now is the time for you to dig into that bag and say, how do I get to set this in the garden? How do I get to take whatever it is that's in my way for what I really want to create? And how do I not let it stop me anymore? When I listen to people, I'm listening for the words that they're saying, but I'm also listening to the words that aren't being said because there are patterns in our speech that share exactly where we are. One of our employees the other day was, we wrote, he wrote a note to our uh, employee, to, out to our membership and in one of our companies. And the email was laced with eyes. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. Now this guy's not a bad person. He's actually a great person. He's a great employee. But I can tell where his mindset was. When he gets stressed, the rock that he has and carries in his backpack is ultra independence, uber independence. So we share that same rock. And I know that stress triggers that. So I can be mad that the eyes are coming up. I can, or I can see it. I can notice it. And I can have a conversation with him about it. Not about the eyes, but about what's stressing him out in his life. Because what I know to be true is that when we get stressed, we go back to our garden, we grab those rocks and we start putting them back in our backpack. That doesn't really work because the backpack gets heavier and then we get to open it up again and dig them out. And so this is the pattern that we create when we get stressed, these show up. The holidays are here, my friends, and I couldn't be more excited. But what I also know about this is that it is a stressful time for many. We've got a lot more commitments. It's end of year. So we've got work commitments that are increasing. We've got holiday festivities. We've got kids. We've got their festivities. We've got whatever holidays. I celebrate Christmas and there's gift giving that comes with that. There's family time and lots of challenges that could happen with families. So we've got a lot more opportunities to be Committed. And if overcommitment or not being committed to our commitments is one of our challenges, then guess what's going to come up over the next month? Sign number one, overcommitted. That's going to show up for you 100%. Number two, you don't feel your feelings because guess what? The holidays, we don't have time. We're just moving from one thing to the next. We don't give ourselves space to actually feel those feelings. So we shove them down. How much weight is actually gained during the holidays? I don't have that number. I don't have that stat. I didn't pre-plan enough for that, but I'm sure you have an idea. For the majority of people, it is an increase, not a decrease, which means that we're holding on to these feelings. They manifest an actual weight. And number three, projection. Oh, we are like the holiday projection. We think about our feelings, our emotions, and we create stories on other people. We change our behaviors and how we react to fit them. Those are all signs of challenges. What I'm going to talk about next week, and I invite you to come to that, is about healthy holidays. Healthy holidays. So absolutely healthy holidays is about the emotional side of it. But next week, we're going to talk about some of the things that we can do to support ourselves to create what 
after the holidays, the exact same space that we're in now, or even better, but that we're not making a slide. So I'm bringing in a registered dietitian. She's somebody that I actually work with on uh, in a number of different ways, but she supports me with my health. Her name is Laura Marzen, and she'll be on next week talking about healthy holidays. So make sure you hit that session. You can hear it on here live radio. You can see it on the podcast as well. However you join. I'm so excited that this is topics that are resonating with you. And if you want to hear more or you have questions or thoughts, reach out to me, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. I've got to be the easiest person to get a hold of, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. My expertise is in this space of emotional intelligence. I've run companies. I've run multiple companies. I've from startup to bigger companies. And what I can tell you, what I know to be true is that once you master emotional intelligence, once you understand this, leadership development becomes simple because you understand what's really going on. My employees are all trained in emotional intelligence. They all understand this stuff because this is critical to how we interact with others. Anytime there's tension, it's not about whatever the tension was created. Anytime there's an argument, it's not about the argument. It's about the baggage that we both brought. It's about our backpacks are both full in this moment. And it's probably that we both have the same rocks and they're clashing with each other. And so a leader that can come in and have that level of conversation with their employees and say, hey, guess what? We're going to actually address the big issues. We're going to go deep into it. Are you willing to do that? Those are the kind of leaders that really build successful companies. And believe me, I have seen through so many different lenses, companies, executives, the ones that get this. They don't, it's not just about profitability at this point. It's actually about like fulfillment in the companies, fulfillment in their own jobs, fulfillment in their marriages, fulfillment in their lives. This is so much bigger than just profitability. And believe me, I used to be the one sharing profitability. I'm a former CPA. I care about money. But what I know to be true is that true fulfillment is about really understanding the people around you, really understanding what our triggers are, really understanding ourselves. And that comes from digging into emotional intelligence. That comes from doing the work. And remember, it's an inside job. You're the only one that can do it, but you certainly can have a guide. So reach out to me if you have any questions. I thank you so much for being on the show today. Three signs emotional baggage is holding you back. Be sure to join us next week for Healthy Holidays with registered dietitian, Laura Marzen. We have so much more material. We've got the shows booked up for the next six weeks, even longer, but they are packed full. We're gonna have so much fun. Enjoy your week. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.